God, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you for Wednesday nights. I thank you for your word that is coming alive. I thank you for the power of deliverance that you have given us. I thank you for setting people free. And I thank you that what you are, are, have started, you are faithful to complete it. We thank you for revival. And we thank you for chastening us and stepping on our toes and refining us. We open our hearts to you tonight. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me. Let it be clear. Let me impart it in a way that your people can receive it. And I bind the, the strong man in the name of Jesus. I bind the enemy that would try to steal this word. You cannot steal it from people's hearts. It will take root and it will bear fruit in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. I'm not going to spend any time... Um, backtracking just it's available on YouTube just go watch it this is uh, part 12 of a miracles signs and wonders series it's the fourth week discussing taskmasters and um, so go back and listen they've been very good and I'm going to talk about two taskmasters tonight the taskmasters we're going to talk about tonight are now remember I've been talking about these are good things good things they're necessary things but in the wrong place in our lives, they become taskmasters, okay? So I, I'm not telling you not to, to that uh, you don't need these things in your life because the two things I'm going to talk about tonight, we can't live without. Absolutely, these are, these are things God has given us, but they've got to stay in the right place. And so we are going to talk about flesh and culture tonight. So everybody say flesh and culture. And they, they go hand in hand. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the original, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And then, um, so we're going to read that, and then I'm going to go to Genesis 2. Just because it's already 7.20, I'm not going to wait on the projector. You guys have a phone. You have a Bible. You can pull it up. You can trust me. And if you don't trust me, then write it down and go home and check it out or, or bring your Bible and check it out. All right, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Okay, then I'm going to skip a little bit into 27 or 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Um, Jeremy Dan, would you go? I, I left a sponge in my car. Um, I, I can unlock it from my phone. It's a, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a big old sponge. I'm going to need that. Um, okay, so he says, let us make in, uh, man in our own image. Then God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion. Now we're going to jump to Genesis 2, 7 and 8. And the Lord God formed, everybody say formed. Formed man of the dust of the ground. That is your flesh. That is your body. It is God's design. God did it on purpose. He gave you this right here is your body. This is your flesh, okay? 
So he formed man of the dust of the ground. Everybody say body. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Everybody say spirit. And man became a living being. It says the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Everybody say culture. Okay. So he created man. He formed man with a fleshly body. And he placed man in an environment which is a culture. Okay. Right. So I'm showing you that both of these, God knew what he was doing. It was on purpose. You can't can't get rid of your flesh if you want to operate in the earth and you can't you can't get yourself out of culture if you want to operate in the earth even if you go live by yourself in the jungle there's a certain culture in the jungle okay just ask Tarzan but he know he knows okay there's culture anywhere you go all right so tonight we're going to talk about these two things, flesh and culture, and I'm going to start with flesh. And just like um, the previous weeks, I think we're going to, you're going to have some good paradigm shifts. All right, so it is your flesh, if you're taking notes, it is your flesh that gives you the opportunity, the authority, and the legality to operate on the earth. When your flesh dies... You just tell me how well you can operate on the earth. Okay? So it is your body that gives you legal right to operate here in the earth. In fact, the law, this law of human flesh operating on the earth was designed by God. Okay? He said, I'll make man in my own image, in our own image, and then he formed his flesh and then he said, let man have dominion, okay? He, he is following that law so to the T that even he himself came in human flesh to redeem us, right? Okay, your flesh is extremely important. It's so important that, that God could have chosen any other way to save us, but he put himself in subjection to his own law, and he said, if I'm going to operate the way I need to operate on the earth to save my people, i gotta, I got to put some skin on. Everybody following me? Okay. Let's see. So, just like everything else, it's the position and the power that flesh holds over us that determines if it's a beneficial, fruitful thing or if it's a taskmaster. It's, it's its position and its power, okay? We're not trying to get rid of, don't go home and try to find a way to live without your fleshly body. It won't work, okay? I need three people to help me. Three people that are not, come on, Jamie. Three people that are not embarrassed to stand in front of people. Jerry and Justin. All right. We're going to let you be that. Uh-oh. Let you be that. Hold on, I need a marker. I told Lexi wrong. I, need, I got a marker right here. Tell me God did not already provide this. I found this booger on Sunday. <laughs> okay. 
Dustin, change with him. You're good. Just y'all are perfect. No, change, change tags. Man, you're so big. I got to give you this one. Okay. Yeah. Hold it right there in front of you. Okay. All right. So man is made up of, you are made up of these three things. Paul says, I would have it that your whole, W-H-O-L-E, spirit, soul, and body, okay? You are spirit, soul, and body. I want to teach you a little something here, okay? You are not a body, step up, that possesses a spirit with a soul. You are not that, okay? Instead, you are... A spirit, okay, housed temporarily in a body. Why? Because you need to function on the earth. And you possess a soul, okay? Now, it is the positioning. Jamie, if you'll step back, and this is supposed to stay soul. I messed it all up. Let me, let me change it. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I'm going to give Justin, give her. Yeah, there we go. Now, there we go. So now, it is these two. These two constantly fighting for the lead. All right? These two fight for the lead, and here's how it works. Whichever of these two are in charge, uh, yeah, your soul. This one is influenced by, okay? Whichever of these are in charge, okay, influences this, all right? So let me get this booger out of the way. So flesh, let me see flat body flesh, come right here. Right here. Okay, so when, when the flesh is in charge and the spirit has to take a back seat, then the soul is influenced by the flesh. And this, I think you have done both. You've been... <laughs> this starts acting out what this tells it to. Okay? This is when, you're, when your flesh that you need is in the driver's seat. It affects this. And then this right here becomes teeny tiny and weak. All right? I know, but believe it or not. <laughs> so here's the thing. Why am I talking about flesh and culture? Okay, if y'all will just go sit over that, over right there. Let me see you, Jerry. Because, because culture, the culture we are in, is doing everything 24-7 to feed flesh. Everything in the culture. You don't find anything in the culture that's saying, let's get your spirit right. Everything in the flesh is, it's all about you. If it feels good, do it. You deserve your time. You deserve, this is your right. You ought to be walking in your rights and they're stepping on your rights. And if you want to, then you can. And who tells you that you can't? Culture, culture feeds. Where's my phone? Culture feeds. 
feeds, news feed, social media feed, feeds this. Okay? And then the flesh, in turn, people that are walking with the flesh in charge, then define the culture. So you got flesh in charge influencing the culture, and then the culture influences everybody for flesh to be in charge. And then that's why all of a sudden your child never thought, never knew, non-binary. But the culture, led by flesh taskmaster, starts feeding, feeding, feeding children. You know, you really are not male or female. You know, you really get to choose. So now you have an epidemic, not because they were born that way, but because they are sponges in an environment, in a culture that is totally feeding the flesh. Okay, thank you, Jerry. You can be, you can be seated for a minute. Don't go too far. Hang on to your sign. Okay? So you're born, we are, and God created us. He created our bodies, our souls, and our spirits to be sponges. He did it on purpose for us to be sponges, for us to soak in the environment. But he fully intended for the environment to be, what do you think the Garden of Eden was? It was the presence of God. He designed us to soak so our spirits would soak in the presence of God and get saturated. Now, I'm not because um, I didn't want to mess with just a whole bunch of chemicals and things like that. But now that this is saturated and full, when I put it in, it's not soaking in. Okay? But when I put it in empty and dry. So what happens is when you take, and no, I'm not just on the sexual agenda, but yes, I am on the sexual agenda. You take a 12-year-old, you take a 12-year-old in a home environment where the culture in the home is flesh-driven, and then you put that kid without, with a flesh-driven home in a fleshly-driven culture in school. And then that kid begins to soak up everything that feeds its flesh. Okay? And then its soul, its mind, its will its emotions start operating under the influence of the flesh and then the spirit, Michaela, if you would give me the, the, um, the picture, looks like this. Leave that up there. So let me read my notes. I hate notes, but let me make sure I didn't skip something as I kind of went... Um, Spontaneous. Okay, so we are spirits that possess a soul. We are housed by a body. We are not bodies that possess a soul and a spirit. 
Your spirit is the created part of you. Your spirit is the created part. Your flesh is the formed. Okay? The formed is temporary. The created is eternal. Okay? Your spirit will live forever. But in order to operate on the earth, your spirit has to dwell in an earthly tent. Everybody got that? 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. Don't go there, Michaela. But I'm going to show you what Paul said. For we know that if our earthly house, that's what Paul says, if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, if the body is destroyed, that's okay. We have a building from God, a house, a spirit, not made with hands. We're going to live forever, okay? In, for in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. He's talking about spiritually. For we who are in this tent, this body right here, we are burdened. We are burdened and we are ready for the day when mortality will be swallowed up by life. Okay? But that is not in this fleshly part. That is the spirit. So now he, God, who has prepared us for this very thing, who also has given us the capital S spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing, watch here, that while we are at home in the body, which is all of us right now, we are absent from the Lord. Okay, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. He says, we are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. I have to keep reading this because it, it's establishing something here. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Watch here. Jerry, come up here if you will. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This flesh is temporary, but it is so important because it is what you do while you're in this fleshly earth suit that determines where you spend eternity. Okay? It's the things you're doing right now while living in this flesh that determines not if you're going to live forever, but where you're going to live forever because you will live forever. Okay? So when this is in charge, then let's, let's just think what all happens when this is in charge. Let me keep reading. this when our flesh is in control it craves the environment of the culture it's placed in and the enemy makes sure that the culture offers things that appeal to the flesh the things of this world seek to feed your flesh. It's a great plan of the enemies and it's worked.
for generations. Thank you, Jerry. Just go right there because I'm going to call you all back up in just a minute. Now, so everybody understands that when the flesh is in charge, the soul is influenced by the flesh and the spirit looks like that. Stay on that for just a minute. Let me read this because this is good. The culture feeds the flesh and people controlled by the desires of the flesh, I said it a minute ago, influence the culture. And that right there is exactly why we have something called trends. Trends. A trend is somebody else influencing your behavior. And what was trending six years ago is not popular now. And the way things are going now, what was trending yesterday is not even trending today. Okay? So that if you are a trendy person following the trends, then you're actually caught up in the culture and, and somebody else who's being led by their fleshly taskmaster is telling you how to dress, what to eat, what music to listen to, how to think, how to behave, who your friends should be and how you should look, what your haircut should be like. Okay? Not saying that that's all wrong. Okay, so, this is important. Let me read this. The entire Taskmaster series that I'm teaching right now has come about as a result of God telling me that he wants to entrust a last day revival with us. But in order for us to be able to properly steward it, he's got to deliver us from the oppression and the bondage of worldly taskmasters we're serving. And I, I, I promise you, I did not know when he gave me this series that I would be talking about our flesh and our culture. But this is what he showed me today. We're getting to the meat of it. Look at this. God is ready to do something huge, bigger than Justin Leggett. God is ready to do something huge in the earth, okay? And although God is not limited, how many of you raise your hands and you know God's not limited? This is what he showed me, and I'm going to read it just like he showed me. He is being limited by his church. And here's why. Buckle your seatbelt. If the church is full of people whose flesh is in control and they're feeding constantly on the culture, okay? I'm not speaking to lost people right now. I'm speaking to the church. If the church, so look over to your friend and say, she's talking to you. She's talking to her. If the church, Father, I ask that you help me say it in a way that it will be imparted. If this house is filled with people whose flesh is in control and it's being constantly fed by the culture, it's easy. Chances are it's happening. Okay? If that's how it is. Then when God puts the weight of revival on us, we can't 
handle it because our spirit looks like that. Revival comes with weight. So listen what he said. He said, if the church is full of people whose flesh is in control and they're feeding constantly on the culture of the world, then they're malnourished. They're fatigued. They're too weak to handle the weight of revival. They are full. Listen here, everybody. Too full on convenience. That's culture. Too full on beauty. Too full on technology. Too full on food. Too full on vanity. Too full on entertainment. Too full on comfort. Too full on luxury. Too full on music. Too full on style. Too full on social media. Soaking it in. Day after day after day after day. Change, change signs. Jamie, take spirit. Take body. Yep, come on, Justin. And then church walks around looking like this. God's church people, flesh being so robust. Come on, Jerry, with the soul acting out according to the flesh. Now, Jamie, try to get control of Justin, try to take the lead. Try to take the lead. I mean, there's no, there's no, what? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. There's no way. So what happens? I'm, and I'm not saying that you look like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But do you see really? When your spirit, when your spirit looks like, looks like Jamie, and your flesh looks like Justin, your flesh is going to go there. Your flesh is absolutely going to pick your spirit up and body slam it down and tell it to shut up. Okay? And the culture is making sure that your body gets bigger, your flesh gets bigger and stronger, bigger and stronger, and your spirit gets weaker and more now malnourished and more uh, weary and more fatigued. I want you to be honest with yourself. What are you feeding on? Is it your bank feed? Is it political news feed? Is it social media feed? What is it? And when God tries to put the weight of revival on church people who are controlled by their flesh, which is controlled by the culture, it breaks. Church people who are under the taskmasters of culture and flesh show up to get their fleshly desires fulfilled. Attention. Taking unfair advantage of generous people. They didn't come because they want the things of God. They came because they know it's a house full of generous people and they want to feed their flesh. Pastors and ministers and leaders, I'm not just preaching to y'all, I'm preaching to us. Pastors and leaders and ministers who are under the taskmasters of culture and flesh, they use ministry to get their fleshly desires fulfilled. It's called ego, lust for power and authority. Position hungry. 
And when there's a church full of people showing up, I'm not really going to feel the things of God, but I just love Bryce's attention. I'm not really going for the things of God, but I just need them to pay for my gas. I'm not really going for the things of God, but I just like the people, and I just want, I just want some good company. I'm just lonely. Don't preach to me, though. Don't tell me what I need to do. Don't be real with me, though. I mean, I'm here just to get my flesh fed. I just like you because you're a group of church people that are so kind and you celebrate everybody. So I just come to get celebrated. But I didn't come to get preached to. And you got that in the pews with people in the pulpit that are just coming because they get power. They can't make it out in the world, but they can make it in the church. They can't cut a CD out in the world, but they can be the microphone holder in the church band. I was just preaching to you. I hold the microphone in the church band, so preaching to myself. Am I right? Mom, am I right? Is that what happens if we, if we become a church full of people that are controlled by the flesh who are influenced constantly by the feeding of the culture? God can't move in that. Can't move in that. So do you think that this is what Jesus envisioned when he said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. Do you think that's what he looked like? Do you think that's what he saw? And I will tell you that's what I saw. And this is not fun to teach. I've said that three or four or five Wednesdays in a row. This is not something that's going to make anybody shout and dance. But this is something that if we'll get a hold of it, we will be shouting and dancing tomorrow. Okay? If we will get a hold of it, then we will be shouting and dancing tomorrow. Because this is going to crucify the flesh. We can do deliverance all day long, but you can't cast out your flesh. You've got to live with it. You've got to get it in the right position. Your spirit has got to get robust. Okay? And if I was feeding my flesh, I would preach you something you wanted to hear right now. Why? Because I love to be loved. And my mom sent me something that stepped all over my toes on Saturday, I think it was. This is what we've got to be. Our flesh has to take a back seat. We've got to become something called humble. And we've got to be delivered from the desire of being esteemed. We've got to be delivered from the desire of being loved. We've got to uh, be delivered from the desire of being extolled, being honored, being praised, uh, being preferred over others, being consulted, being approved. We've got to quit being afraid of being humiliated. We've got to quit being afraid of being despised. See, all of this is what our flesh likes. My flesh hates to be humiliated. My flesh loves to be honored. Is that why I come to church, though? We've got to be delivered from the fear of suffering or suffering rebukes. Being ridiculed, being wronged, being suspected. Those are things that when our flesh is in control, we can't handle being rebuked. We can only handle being honored. And God can't trust that kind of church with the last day's revival. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to see somebody else get it and us not. 
I'm not willing to be looking through the window and watching. I'm not willing to be looking through the, the uh, computer or the, the phone feed and see somebody else getting revival and us not. I'd rather just tell my flesh to get in the back seat. And so I can have what God's trying to pour out so I can handle it, so I can steward it. So I woke up early a couple of weeks ago, about 10 days ago, and I, I felt like the Lord told me to go to the church and pray. came to the church all by myself. And I just began to walk in this sanctuary, and I, I was praying, and I got somewhere like, I just remember, I, I got somewhere like over here, kind of heading toward that door. And, and when I got right here, I, I caught this vision of like that. And I heard the Lord say, the American church is so weak from an overdose of comfort. The American church is so spiritually weak from an overdose of convenience. They've not had enough resistance. They've not been through enough. They have no grit. And so they let rain keep them out. So they let offense too weak to handle offense. So they let not getting their way. So they let a little bit of discomfort. Sanctuary's too hot. Hey, I'm guilty. We had prayer yesterday. Something's wrong with the cable or something. And the music was distorted. And I was like, ugh, it's so hard to pray to this music. And God said, you better have more grit than that. Listen, you're spoiled rotten if distorted music, Brienne, keeps you from talking to me. What about stones hitting Stephen in the head and Stephen could still see Jesus? Let me ask you, is your flesh in charge? If your flesh is in charge, you won't have grit. You won't have any stickability. You won't have what it takes to finish through the hard times. And God can't give that group of people a heavy revival. Can you handle adversity? I'm going to read it like I wrote it. I felt the Lord tell me that this is how the modern day American Christians look. So weak that we can't get to church when it's sprinkling, I said. So weak that we can't handle any adversity. So weak that we can't get control of our attitudes. So weak that we can't resist the enemy. Don't tell me that the enemy is stronger in your life than he is in somebody else's that's victorious. He's the same enemy. Okay? The poverty demon keeping you down is no bigger than the poverty demon that somebody else got victory of. Okay? It's, it's the same enemy. It's your strength and grit that makes the difference. So weak that we can't resist the enemy. Are we so weak that we can't handle any correction? Are we easily offended? Are we quick to quit? Are we discouraged? Are we frustrated? Are we blind to ourselves because we're so malnourished? Are we afraid of every little sickness that comes around? If you're going to be in the 21st century church, you've got to quit being afraid of sickness. 
I want you to look at sickness in the eye and say, I don't care if it's COVID 2050. I'm not isolating. What happens when the church isolates and the world is lost? So do you isolate out of fear? Do you isolate out of frustration? Are you defeated under the power of everything that you should have dominion over? What in the world can God accomplish with an army that looks like that? So this is why the Holy Spirit was sent. I got five minutes. Acts 1 and 8 says, And ye shall receive power. Everybody say, power. The Holy Spirit does not sanctify. The Holy Spirit does not mess with your flesh, believe it or not. The Holy Spirit doesn't mess with your flesh. The Holy Spirit doesn't even come and move into your soul. The Holy Spirit empowers your spirit so you don't look like Jamie, so your spirit starts looking like Justin, and it can take the lead of your life. And then when the spirit is the leader, then that influences your soul, and then that tells your flesh, take a back seat. And then your feeding changes. You start wanting to be at church on Wednesday night. Why? Because you understand that your environment and your culture has everything to do with your life and your future and your strength. So you find yourself driving down the same Highway 69, listening to worship music this time instead of the culture music, tears streaming down your face saying, God, I don't know why you loved me enough to save me, but God, I got to keep feeding on this. I got to stay in this environment. You find yourself wanting to get to church. You find yourself wanting to be in the presence of God. You, you change your environment. You don't tell the Lord to blow up the culture and burn the United States of America to the ground. No, you stay so full of the presence of God and his environment that when you get in the culture, the culture does not influence you. If I wanted to be messy, I would take this big heavy thing and I would absolutely just drop it in this culture right here. And when you get so full of the Spirit, that's the kind of revival we're going to have. It's going to be so big that we're going to absolutely affect, impact, influence the culture. I'm talking about a splash, like a spiritual cannonball. Mm. <laughs> spiritual cannonball in the East Texas culture and they're like what was that splash coming to church is having revival y'all are so fun to teach <laughs> thank you Justin okay so let me finish okay read my notes I don't want to go home and be like, man, why didn't I say this? Okay, so the Holy Spirit empowers your spirit to take control of your life. Spirit influences the soul, which puts the flesh in its place. And when your spirit is in control, your soul starts acting according to the spirit's lead. Your mind is led by the spirit. Your emotions are led by the spirit. Your will is led by the spirit. And then your flesh follows. And when the spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is leading your body, you end up in environments like this. Church, 
Bible study, worship, positive friendships. Find yourself at an altar, in an environment, Kirk, in the middle of a circle, with your hands lifted in the air, and God baptizing you in his spirit. You find yourself in environments like that. Find yourself looking for more environments that feed your spirit rather than your flesh. And then you have no battle with God over why are you trying to give me revival and I, I just don't have the time for this. You're like, God, I got to have more. Mario blessed me one night because as a pastor, it is very, we are concerned about not wanting to take up too much of your time. And it's Mario's testimony is Mario's to tell. I'm not going to tell his testimony, but he says, I had a habit that was an everyday habit. And when I started having opportunities to come to the house of God, that habit no longer had any room in my life. You know what? It could have been that God had no room in your life because the habit. But instead, the habit had no room in your life because you changed environments. So don't ask us to do less, church. Tim Cotton needs it. Jamie Kane needs it. Then start looking like this. Give me the next picture and we're finished. That's what we're supposed to look like. You find yourself looking like this. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, because he will, you're not destroyed. You're not so easily offended. You're not so quick to quit. Your joy isn't removed by circumstances. Stand to your feet, if you will. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to go home and study. So I've spoken tonight about two taskmasters. We can't get rid of them as long as we're breathing. Our flesh and the culture. But whether or not we subdue these things or whether or not we let them control us will affect us eternally. No one is exempt from this message. No one can afford to ignore it. Go home and study these scriptures. Galatians 5. I'm going to read them real quick. For you, brethren, I'm, I'm testing your flesh by going, I'm going to go five minutes over. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. I'm going to blame it on Pastor Jan. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But instead serve one another through love. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, but if you bite and devour one another, that's what happens when you've got a bunch of people operating according to the flesh. Beware, because you will consume one another. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. But if you're led by the spirit, you don't have to live under the law. Now the works when your flesh are in control. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. He makes it plain and clear. When your flesh is the taskmaster, this is what happens. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, 
heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revel revelries. Don't come to me for these things and ask me to pray deliverance over you. That's your flesh. Get it under control in Jesus' name. Your spirit is too weak to conquer your flesh. But when the spirit is in control, you got love. You've got joy. You've got peace. You've got long-suffering. You've got kindness. You've got goodness. You've got faithfulness. You've got gentleness. You can control yourself. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh. They put it in its rightful place with its passions and its desires. I want you to go home. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Take a sober evaluation Who's in charge? Your soul will tell you. If you'll listen to your emotions, your emotions will tell you who's in charge. Okay? Father, I thank you so much that you step all over our toes. God, I thank you that you love us enough to prepare us for revival because in my opinion, Father, the worst thing that could happen would be for you to pass us by and let us continue to feed on the culture and let us be so deceived into believing that we're something we're not. And God, I thank you that you have not given us the weight of revival and let it kill us. I thank you that you've not let it crush us. But I thank you, God, that you are sending us through a grueling series that is exposing some things in our lives. And I pray that you would strengthen us and that you would be so real with us and that you would be so candid and frank with us and that you would absolutely paddle our tails this week and show us what we really look like so that we can get the right, the right thing in the driver's seat. And that is our spirit, led by your spirit. So be it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. I kept you for five extra minutes. Lord bless you. <laughs>